good. Is it recording? Yeah, it's recording. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to the very unofficial Logistics Planners Podcast. I'm uh, your host, Gonzo. And unfortunately, I do not have our uh, my co-host tonight, uh, Ken, Ken Wayne, Brace, DJ, whatever he's calling himself. Uh, but it's for a very good reason. So uh, tonight, Chief Griffith, and I know a lot of the other chiefs were hosting, I believe, the third Logistics Plans Diversity uh, uh, I guess we get together on what you're, uh, I know I think it's via WebEx. And so um, that's way more important for Bracely to be on than, uh, than here uh, listening to me make uh, crude comments or whatnot. But we do have a very special show for you. Uh, we have somebody, uh, we have a, a guest, a very young, uh, recently retired planner who has transitioned over to the civilian sector. Uh, filling roles, I believe, both as a contractor and and, uh, and GS or soon to be, uh, and so I'm excited because Bracely and I wanted somebody uh, to be able to talk about, hey, what are some of the things that happen as you go into your final year or a few months as a log planner and you're preparing yourself for that next step. Uh, so without further ado, I'd like to welcome uh, somebody I've known for quite a while now, Veronica Anderson. Can Am I getting recorded like you can see me? Yes. Oh, okay. You're 100% getting recorded, yeah. Okay, so my name is Veronica Henderson. Um, I joined the military back in August of 1999. I came in guaranteed personnel. I love working with people, helping people out, and it was just a perfect fit for me. Um, I was 10 years as uh, personnel. I spent seven and a half years in IPR. So I started um, in the employment section. I processed everyone in San Angelo, um, all personnel, um, students, permanent party, base commanders, you name it. Um, I am processed everyone into base um, and just manually inputted them into the system. And so that's where I first started data entry. That's something I enjoy doing. I love I love jokes. I love deep decapes um, in inputting data. Um, that's where it's at for me. Um, at my ten year mark, when I made a tech, um, within two weeks I was on the very short list to cross train. I was being forced to cross train. Um, me and Gonzo crossed paths while we were at Dias. He was a very young logistics planner <laughs> um, and, and I was IPR for them. Um, the IDO at the time, uh, Mr. Daryl Boudreau and uh, Captain Zellhart, uh, Captain, I think she's what, Major Lieutenant Colonel now. So um, they suggested that I cross train into logistics plans I never even thought that that would be the route that I went. I knew DCAPES. I was in the system when it first started. Um, and I learned the system inside out. I can Google people in DCAPES like no one else. <laughs> so um, I cross-trained and it was an easy transition coming from IPR into logistics plans because I knew the beginning process of it I knew how to um, data thump, um, the DSO, everything that Gonzo was taught, our IDO felt it was important to teach 
the personnel is. So we were all in sync with one another. Um, and then shortly after, I PCS to Little Rock Air Force Base, um, which was a great experience. I was a young in the career field. I was a tech sergeant. Um, we had two other tech sergeants and a master sergeant that were un I was underneath. And within three months, all three of them PCS. Oh, wow. So, so it was me, um, the highest ranking tech sergeant, and I had senior airmen, A1Cs. Um, I had an airman Santos who came from um, tech school with me from basic training. We both PCS in at the same time. So I had a lot on my plate, but it was nothing I couldn't handle because I already knew the process. It was easy, so easy. Um, you have any questions, Gonzo? Yeah. So, okay. Uh, one of the things that that I wanted to uh, to touch on was, uh, in my opinion, one of the reasons, um, other than your own personal drive and, and initiative, and uh, and the way you you, you conduct your, you handle yourself, is at Dias, yeah, you guys had your own office, right? Uh, but as far as like the uh, uh, our decapes terminals. It, you're, all the DCAPS terminals were where all the log planners sat, for the most part, right? And so you guys were, I mean, we were literally uh, working within feet of each other. Uh, yes. All day, every day. Uh, mm -hmm. And so uh, that environment kind of led to to be to people sharing ideas um, and, and I think helped, uh, helped you quite a bit because you could hear the conversations happening. And you, yes. I mean, we were right there. Uh, so that was cool. So, okay. So you were, uh, and you spent quite a quite a bit of your personnel career as IPR, right? So, uh, I mean, seven and a half years. Yeah. Out of the ten, I mean that's a yeah. a lot. So, so yeah. So uh, that was a pretty smooth, I, I would say, transition. So you go from Dias cross train, and you go to Little Rock, and then what's like? How long are you there? What's life like there? Uh, Dude, I mean, so my whole personnel career, I was always deployed in place. I was. You know, um, the AFI at the time said we couldn't have any additional duties. I was the building custodian. I was the security manager. I had equipment custodian, potlucks, and then I was IPR. So, and I was in the office by myself at the time. And I told my superintendent, hey, the AFI says, you know, I can't have any primary duties besides IPR. And she gave me an alternate to, <laughs> my luncheons <laughs> that was the help she gave me um and we also helped uh dais idrc come to fruition we were in separate buildings i was at the mpf oh, at wow, the time okay. yeah and daryl was over there on the flight line and we were given um a direct order not to talk to the ido why i mean um, well unless, you're out now so unless unless it was only for IPR business. We couldn't really? talk to him about transitioning over to the over to the IDRC, you know, because the MPF didn't want to lose those two bodies. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so this would have been, so when was this? Because, so I cross trained in 09. So that's when I met you, right? So how far yeah. before that was this? I, I came to, um, so I started IPR when I was at, where was I at? Fairchild Air Force Base with 
Mike Deary. And I kind of followed Daryl because he was over there. Yeah, he used to be over there. Yeah. yeah, prior to retiring. And then when he, he moved over to Dias, I followed him. But I was IPR and he was in yeah. um, the DCC or where, wherever. He was in the yeah. LRS. So then um, that was 06. I got there November of 06. And we moved around the beginning of 08. Okay. to to the flight line okay yeah okay so yeah that would have been a year before i got there so okay so i'll tell you one of my stupid little stories so uh, one of our other good friends uh chanel it used to be chanel solace not chanel thacker right current log planner at a at, well she just got the turkey mm-hmm. so um so i cross traded in, uh, in 09 right i went to tech school i think beginning of the year in 09 but i didn't actually report into the dais until like after the summer it might have been like september august september time frame, right so anyways my uh sponsor is um <laughs> retired senior mass sergeant kevin leonard i'm laughing because i'm thinking of this story as i'm telling it so oh, man. Uh, yeah so kevin leonard um and, and oh by the way i had uh I, I of course i said it before i'm prior aircraft maintenance right I had only been at one base for uh, almost eight years in aircraft maintenance, right? So I've never PCS'd other than my initial one from my home record to, to my to my base in Florida. And so uh, this is my first time having a sponsor. And so I check in to Dias. I'm there by myself. My family was still in Florida. And I'm in, uh, uh, like, I think the, the lodging right by the DFAC, which is still there because I've stayed in it recently. Uh, so I'm there and 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 and. and Kevin Leonard's like, okay, do you know we're building whatever the building was for the IDRC right on the fly? Oh, I'm like, I'm like, nope. And he's like, do you know we're gate so and so? Nope. And I was, and he's like, are you, he's like, are you across from the gym? I was like, I am. He's like, okay, meet me at the gym. Got it. So the next morning, I'm out there. I'm standing in front of the gym, backpacks, looking around, and somebody walks up behind me and just puts his arms. He's like, wait for somebody. And it was, and I didn't know what he looked like. And I was like, oh yeah, hey, nice to meet you, sir. So he walks inside, right? And we walk uh-huh. in there, and Chanel, Chanel's there already. <laughs> and at the time, uh, uh, Dias had in their gym, they had like a little smoothie area, right? A little, little breakfast yes. smoothie area. And so they look at me, and, uh, <laughs> and and Kevin Leonard looks at me and says, hey, do you want a smoothie? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So he orders a smoothie. Chanel orders a smoothie. And then they both fucking walk off, right? You and I'm like. It. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, uh, I go up there. I'm like, I'll have a water, right? So that was so that was my first introduction. I was like, these guys, okay. So, anyways, so we leave and we go to the to the IDRC. And as soon as I walk in, I'm like, hey, I need to use the restroom. So right when you walk into the dice, I can see this restroom's on the left. I go in there, and I go to the urinal. And as I as I'm peeing, <laughs> there's a picture on every urinal of Senior Master Art Leonard, just his his uh, from his cat card, right? And I'm looking, I'm like, that's weird. Yeah. And so I walked back out and I was like, uh, I was like, hey, I was like, did you know there's a picture of you in front of the urinal? He's like, those guys. And so I guess somebody's playing a joke with him. So we walk to the back. He introduces me, I think, the IPR. And he walks into the IDRC. He's like, where the fuck are the log planners? So then we walk into the PAX holding area. And in the very far back of the PAX holding area, the ping pong table was there. Oh, my God. And so, and so everybody's back there. I want to say everybody, I think there was like three people. I think it was, uh, I don't want to say the names because they're still in, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so they were back there playing ping pong. And so 
the first thing I see is uh, uh, being offered something to drink and not nobody paying for it, seeing a grown man's face above the urinal as I'm taking a piss, and then the whole in my my uh, the coworkers that I just met for the first time are playing ping pong, and I'm thinking in my head, yo, this is gonna be a cool fucking job, you know? Because like for me, I'm like I've been out used to working 10, 12 hours on a flight line. Uh-huh. Like, this is what these guys do all day. So anyways, all right. So Dice was a great time. I miss it. I know we often chat on Facebook with our little group um, about how nice it was. So, But anyways, okay, so go ahead. So, uh, so you're over there. Um, do you deploy at all while you're, at, uh, while you're in uh, Little Rock? Yes. Okay, so my first half of my career, I was always deployed in place because when the crap hit the fan, I was in IPR no matter how long. I mean, I remember sometimes being there 18 hours, pumping out orders, checking people, whatnot. So my superintendent told me, um, there is no way in hell you're deploying. Cause you know, I was young, my kids were young, you know, no care in the world I could deploy. That, that was not the case. So um, Chief HomeQuest, when I get to Little Rock, you know, the master and the two techs, pull chocks they're gone um we're going into a ori we passed the thing with flying colors like they were impressed with us chief home quest came and um he talked to us and you know he pulled me aside and we talked for a little bit and he was like you're a three level and i was like yes and he said don't worry you won't deploy you know for at least a year so that's the fall of 2011. January, um, man, I forgot his name, but he calls me. He's sitting up at the AMC deployment section and he calls me and he's like, hey, are you ready to deploy? Do you have your um, passport? And I was like, no, Chief HomeQuest told me I was in deploying for at least another year. And he said, you know, Chief HomeQuest requested for you to deploy. So, AFRICOM, um, I'm in a one deep position. Everyone everyone there is seven level master sergeant or soon to be master sergeant. With me just being a tech, three level. And um, when I get there, I've never flown out of the country. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, that was my second airplane ride. Really? <laughs> yes. Yes, and when you deploy to the location I went to, um, you go all the way there by yourself. Oh, you nice. know, you yeah. so you never deployed at all. I mean, you no. never been out of the country, not no. even when not even um, when you went down to Mexico to sell chiclets. No, you didn't. You didn't no, Dude, no. I've never been to Mexico. We really? Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, so okay, so real quick for those that are listening. So Veronica and I are both from San Antonio, Texas. We didn't go to the same high school. Um, I think we're roughly the same age, right? Within a year or two. Um, we're probably cousins. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's weird. Um, <laughs> but but uh, uh, but no. So yeah. So uh, you've never been to Mexico. I can't believe that. In that whole time living in San Antonio. No, and even when I was older and had the opportunity to, I'd be like, if I cross the border, they will never let me come back. And my husband was like, all you have to do is speak and no that's okay (laughs) so that was like i I don't know like uh so i first crossed the border (laughs) it sounds so weird huh yeah yeah so when i first swam 
Um, no, so I, I first went to Mexico when I was 17 on spring break. And so I was down there with a, a buddy of mine, and, and his and he was first generation. His family was born in Mexico. And so he so could we, speak it. He could speak Spanish. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so we crossed. We're down in, um, oh, south of South Padre. Brownsville? I think it's Brownsville. Yeah, right. right okay, so about an hour away from South Padre Island, right? Because we're okay, there for yeah. spring break. And yeah. so we cross over, and we only go like, we didn't go that far. We went like a mile in, right? This that we stayed within the touristy stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so, but you, but okay. So at the time when we're coming across the border, there we we walk through like their little building, and the only thing they ask us like, "Are you an American citizen?" I don't even think I had a ID at the time. Maybe I did. I didn't have a driver's license, and I was like, "Yep." And they're like, "Okay, cool. They're like, come on through." And I remember thinking. I'm like, shit, that's all you need to do? I was like, what about anybody could do that shit? But I, I guess somehow they know. You know, I'm sure they have their repeat offenders or whatever, people trying to get through there. <laughs> right. But um, but the one thing that I uh, – shit, I know I get sidetracked when I tell these stupid stories. But the one thing that I'll never forget is that we're going over the Rio Grande. And it was a very small the, – the area that we crossed over was a very small part of the Rio Grande, right? It was pretty narrow. And there was people down there washing clothes and stuff. But they had um, – there was a bunch of people uh, as we're walking over this uh, this bridge – holding up um a, like a gallon milk jug but with the turned upside down with the top cut off and they had it taped to like a uh a, a, a hollowed out like bamboo pole or something so that you could put money down there as you're going down yes. i remember thinking out i'm like oh shit um i i also remember uh i had uh oh i had beads on my, I was wearing beads because we, it was spring break and we, we had, and been, it was know. the nineties and it was the nineties. Yeah, it was the 90s. So I'm wearing beads on my neck. Right. <laughs> um, and so when I crossed the border, some little girl comes up to me, little Mexican girl, and she has like a bag full of chiclets and she looks at my beads and points at them. So I look at her and I point at the chiclets. And so we make an even trade, right? I, I gave her my beads and she gave me like two or three chiclets. And then I saw this little fucking girl goes and I see her trading my beads for some other shit. And I'm like, this chick's ungrateful as shit. Like, I thought I was being nice. No, she was just, she was, uh, you know, getting over on me so that she could have a little bigger, a uh, little better bargaining, uh, you know, power to the whatever next, she bought. next best thing is what she wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, man, that was the first time I realized that um, these hoes ain't loyal. That was the first time. No, I'm messing. Oh, um, anyways, okay. Gosh. So, so. So you okay? So you go to Africa, uh, Africa. I remember. I remember that time. I remember seeing the pictures. I think you recently posted like a picture of it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was early, early in African days. I mean, that's uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing the MWR facilities are a lot different now than they were whenever you were there. We didn't have one. We had a tent with um, a couple of weights. Like we were, we had no approved food stores. Like we had um, the the medical folks that checked the food places out, but it was the field, you know, and like it was, I lost 30 pounds when I was there. Damn. Plus it was in Africa. So, but I mean, it was good times. We, we relied on one another. Um, I taught um, the Persco uh, guys how to use decades because they didn't know how to, um, to see who was coming in so we could reach out, reach forward to the people that were coming to replace us. Um, I taught them how to do that. I did a TMO 
So I, I did all the travel because we didn't have a TMO guy. So I would get like the, um, the, our commander knocking on my door at midnight and being like, you have to go in and get so-and-so a flight out of here. Cause you know, um, we had cops, we had two 12 man team cops and half our cops had to go back because there was a huge drug investigation going on Jesus. at their location and they were all getting in trouble. Like, you know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. So you're over there, you leave there and okay. So where, I think I remember where you went, but where do you end up after Little Rock? Okay. So I did, I did a great, I mean, I did a good job while I was there. I got offered a job, um, at, um, SOCOM and I got a job offer, uh, at USAFE. And I was like, guys, I haven't even been in a year at my location. We're going to have to wait until I hit my time on station. My time on station hit. I got, and I remember I was sitting with, uh, her name was a uh, senior Kennedy at the time, Jessica Harvey now. Um, and I was telling her, you need to leave this base. You need to go and see the world, right? And as soon as we're talking about this, I look at my email and it was like, congratulations, you have an assignment to Korea. That's right, you did, that's right, okay. So I went uh, and worked with SOCOR. And then a week later, not even a week later for me having this assignment, I had a follow on to USAFE. That's right, I remember, okay, so now. So then I'm calling USAFE and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna be there. And they're like, when? I'm like, next year this time, like, um, so senior this, master Watson, Franklin yeah, Watson. Frank Watson. So this would have been like 14, 15. This would have been um, 2000, no, 12. Is it? No. Did I? You got to Germany before I did? Yes. So I got oh, I got to Germany in 2014. So I'm like, I'm still at Little Rock receiving this assignment. So I, I get to Germany uh, November of 14. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I did good stuff there. I met a lot of people. Um, one of the jobs I applied for, um, I went on a job interview, you know, telephone, and I was talking to a Transcom um, J4, and one of the guys I worked with in Korea, Army guy, was on my uh, call. Oh, nice. nice. And he, he was like, you know, hey, I told them you're a good person for this job, but I unfortunately turned that one down because... Um, they send us into austere locations to set bases up and I can be gone for a while. And I kind of like being a mom <laughs> at this point in life. So. Okay. So you're at Germany, you're there for three years, right? Yeah. On the staff and you're on the, you're on the A4 staff while you're there. So I'm A4 for the first two years, the last year, maybe year and a half, they moved me into WRM. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. Okay. So you leave there and you go where? Um, so I knew this job over here at, um, the scow was opening up. I applied for it. And I think you, were you the first or second person to fill that? JB filled it before me. Okay. So you were the second person to fill. And I believe at the time that was a vector 
position that they had there. And it was single deep, um, basically working at the scow. And, okay, so um, for those, for there's probably a lot of people in our career field that don't know. So tell us like a quick little bit about, about what that was. A vectored was position? No, 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 the scow, your job there. Okay, so um, it's war reserve material for the whole for the whole Air Force, pretty much. And we have several uh, locations where we, we store our storage facilities. Um, so we basically track, we, we plan for monies, everything. Um, the big uh, initiative with Europe, we are knee deep in, into that. Um, we, I say we as I work there, but um, we go on site surveys, we, we help the match comes out. Um, they do a bear base UTCs. UTC management. Um, we do conferences. Basically, we are the war reserve material people. Yeah. If you have any questions? Yeah, that that was a, that was. I remember you being in that gig. That that was a nice little gig um, at Scott, right? Scott yes. Air Force so Base. JB was vectored. I was vectored. Um, I believe Denise was vectored, and then they pulled it. So it's no longer a vectored position. So who's in there now? I don't I, who. Uh, Denise Aries. I don't know the name. Okay. Tech or master? Uh, I believe she's a master. Master, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, gotcha. So you're there, right? Yeah. You're a master. Yep. And uh, and so what happened? And so, did you go anywhere else after that, or is this as we start transitioning to Miss Veronica Henderson? Dude, I didn't. I didn't. Even, I thought I was staying in for thirty years. Ooh. Like, yeah, that was my goal. I, if I could stay, if I had the opportunity to stay in, I would have. So, um. It started coming to mind that I wanted to transition into civilian um, when I started having my medical issues. So, I mean, this this started in 2013, the fall of 2013 when I was in Korea, just walking along, you know, and then I get a stabbing pain. Yeah. And in my pelvic area, right? And I don't care. It's not graphic, but um, I go get checked out. It, it was a Korean army doctor and we're in the hallway and he was like, hey, you may have an STD. Oh, wow. Okay. And like everyone's looking at me and I'm like, okay. I said, let's go into your office and we will discuss this. And so we go into his office and I'm like, look, I'm married. Yeah. I was like, if I, I, I have that's a lot. Yeah, I was like, if I was an STD, if I have an STD, I need to know. You need to tell me as soon as the results come in, whether I have it or not. <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> okay, so for those of you who don't know, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into it. So Veronica's husband is also military, right, Eric? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what? When this happens, like um, you're in Korea, he's not. Yes, right? you know I go home via taxi because yeah. I'm like not walking at this time and I Skype him or I face I FaceTime him poor guy I'm like we need to talk <laughs> and I'm like this is what the doctor told me 
And so then a week later, I'm like calling this doctor. I go up to the medical facility and he is PCS. Oh, wow. Didn't call me nothing. And so then I'm talking to another doctor. He was like, well, you don't have an STD, but you may have, you know, a cancerous cyst. Jeez, man. You're like, like, bro, can I just have the STD? Shit. And I'm like, what? So between um, Korea and Germany, um, I've had like 20 exams, you know, then um, my doctor tells me, oh, it's chronic pain. Yeah. At this point, I have like a, a bulge in my pelvic area. And so this started in November, the fall of 2013, and it continued all the way until I came to the scalp. And you're still expected to do PT tests, squatter PT, physical training throughout this whole time. Yes. So the whole time up until um, the April of 2016, I got excellence on my PT tests above 90. I was popping like two or three Motrin before PT test and just cranking it out. My last PT test, I scored an 89 because I couldn't run fast enough. And I was like, something is wrong. So I go back to physical therapy. I've seen physical therapists for like seven sessions. I had acupunctures done. I had needles all in me for like six months. I was going like every two weeks, you know? And then, so I go and see the physical therapist and then he's like working me out. I couldn't even walk at the time. And I'm like, what's going on? He was like, there's nothing we can do for you. Okay, so I was like, okay, time out. I got to step back. I was like, I'm done with you. I said, I need to see a real doctor off base. So then they send me to an orthopedic surgeon and he, he does x-rays. I've had like seven x-rays, MRIs, CAT scans, you name it, I got it done between Korea and like five years later. So I'm off base and the guy tells me, oh, you have hip dysplasia. Both your hips are out of socket and they're facing the wrong way. Jesus Christ. So that, that's what was creating the bulge. The, the bone was trying to pop out. And he was like, I'm going to send you to Missouri because I live in Illinois. And he's the top rated orthopedic or hip dysplasia surgeon in the world. So I go and see Dr. Kokisti. Two minutes later, he's like, the military's not gonna pay for the surgery. What? He's like, TRICARE will not pay for the surgery. If you can figure it out, then, you know, I'll, I'll do it. Wait, okay. So, That's yeah, it is, it is so insane. At this point, I got patient, uh, the patient advocate involved because I was already fighting with my primary care manager because she no longer wanted to see me because she was saying that um, I had chronic pain because that's what they diagnosed me with in Germany. And I said, it's not chronic pain. You're saying it's chronic pain because you can't figure it out. Yeah. So, um, and they wouldn't give me any more Motrin or anything stronger than Motrin. I'm in crutches. I was in crutches for almost a year. So 
Yeah, and I remember, so you helped me out with uh, setting up our functional requirements board there in your building at the SCAL, and you were on crutches. And this isn't like post-surgery. This is just your everyday life. You have yes. to be on crutches in uniform. Yes. Just, just to go to work. Yes. Fucking crazy. So then I call my primary care manager, and she's like transitioning out of the military as well. And um, I'm like, I need something stronger than Motrin. And they were like, sorry, we can't give it to you because um, you'll get addicted to it. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm done with you. I'm going to the emergency room. And they're like, oh, you can do that. 20 minutes in the emergency room, out the door, and I had Oxy in my hand. So just, just to hold me over, right? So... Um, fighting back and forth, trying to get TRICARE. TRICARE had the, the group, med group commander get involved. And then they decided to send me to San Antonio. And so, and I, and I also think that one of the old, I would say old, but not old in age, but um, when I first got to the Pentagon, there was a female colonel in the A4LR who PCSs from the Pentagon in, in the office that I worked in. And she ends up being the SCOW 06. And I want to say, I, I thought Turn I remember around. you telling me, yes. Janine, yes, Janine, yes. yes. And, I, and I think you, I, you, I remember you telling me that she even got involved and had to yes. make a phone call to the med group commander. Yes, because during tap for her tap, because you can go several times to tap. She met the med group commander and they talked, and then, you know, she emailed the med group commander. So I fly to San Antonio. This is how messed up our medical system is they send me to the wrong hospital they send me to wolford hall to a pcm there who basically told me that i did not have hip dysplasia that the people off base the experts didn't know what they were talking about and um they only want to get our money from us and that he thought i had ptsd in your hips the fuck you get ptsd because I was getting so upset. I gotcha. Okay. So, so okay. I was like, and I'm done with him too. I'm like, I said, I'm done with you. <laughs> so this Meanwhile, is you're still in crutches the whole time. In crutches, my aunt's with me because she's driving me around. I get out of the room and call the patient advocate. And um, he was like, we sent you to the wrong hospital. You needed to go to SAMC, not Wolford Hall. So he was like, can you stay a couple more days? So I go to SAMC, um, see the doctor there, and he says that I have hip dysplasia. The guy from Wolford Hall calls me and he's like, what did the doctor say? And I said that I have hip dysplasia, not PTSD, and I require surgery. So they flew me back to San Antonio for surgery in January, February timeframe, last year for my left hip. The first then, time, the first time they flew you over there. The first time, yes. My second surgery was July for my right hip. Last year. And last year. And um, I hit my 20 year mark in the military in August. So as I'm laying in bed, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> Sorry, I remember you sending us videos of 
you are either in the bed on the couch and you had that machine that would constantly move your leg for you, right? Oh my God, that was yeah. painful. Oh, God, I can't believe it. So, so, and I remember, and I remember having the conversation with you. So, separate from all the bullshit that the the the, the military's medical system uh, uh, puts you through, right? Mm-hmm. You have to. You can't have this. You, both your hips needed attention. You can't have them both done at the same time. Otherwise, you're really immobile, right? Yeah. So you get one done, and so and then you go through six months of painful rehab, right? Four to six yes. months, right? So, yes. and then you have to do that knowing damn well that the other side still is to come. That God yeah. that had to, so, so I understand why you were like, you know what? Fuck this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and, and Gonzo, like I like to work out. I'm running again, not as, as much as I used to, but I'm me. I can walk, I can work out. Like, you know, I, I've always said lead from the front, you know, and I couldn't lead from the front anymore. So it was my time to step aside and go like, if I was getting deployed, I wanted to be a full bodied person to deploy, you know, I don't want to get in the way of you guys who are physically able to, you know, I'd rather, I would rather be a GS still helping the military out. So yeah. That that's my plan. That's my goal, and and that's what I'm gonna do. So, funny you bring that up. So you end up pulling the trigger. Yeah. You retire, right? Yeah. And so that's really what I I, I want the community to hear uh, from you on this podcast. I know we have a lot of log planners in different ranks, different points in life, who are like, you know what? I'm thinking about retiring. I'm thinking about getting out. So talk to us a little bit. Tell us that story. Um, Unfortunately, yours was uh, uh, your decision was uh, heavily uh, impacted by medical reasons, right? Mm-hmm. So, what has life been like? What are uh, start off telling us what that process was trying to transition to the civilian sector? So, mine was kind of fast forward. Like, you know, I was done with surgery in August, and I flew back here. People start going to taps a year out. You know, I only had like four or five months. I told my leadership, I'm done. You know, I'm going to start transitioning out of here. So we need to start looking for someone to replace me first and foremost, because, you know, I didn't want to leave my people high and dry, you know, and we, we need a military person just to keep that, that flow of communication, you know, like me knowing you, knowing Chanel and knowing people helps the scout out to reach out to the military community. Um, So I went to TAPS, you know, um, did the two weeks in TAPS or a week in TAPS. It was great. You know, um, they offered other programs, um, the LinkedIn course, um, how to do interviews. They helped me do my resume in LinkedIn. Um, they, They told me that, you know, we get, we as military um, get a full year of premium LinkedIn. Ah, I keep keep pausing my mic, go ahead. All right, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I mean, and I didn't, I did not um, hit the LinkedIn button until I was like within 30 days of like retiring. 
you know, because yeah. you can see who's viewing your profile, which is a lot. Okay. Yeah, which is a lot of companies, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's like online dating for me. Pretty much, but do not you please, and I cannot stress it enough, please do not use your LinkedIn profile as a party social media outlet. So no keg stands, gonzo. I don't do that. I don't do it for that. Um, no, go ahead. I, I'm listening. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to take notes on what you're saying. Um, definitely medical. So you can go uh, to your medical um, um, person at the uh, med group who helps you with filing your VA claim 180 days prior okay. to your retirement. So you get all your medical affairs in order. You go and, and you go to your appointments. So when your, um, your retirement date, so I retired in November, but I had all my paperwork done before my retirement ceremony. Yeah. So, so when uh, my retirement date hit one February, he submitted all my paperwork to the VA. Okay. I kid you not. It was a Friday. He submitted my paperwork. By Monday, I had my rating. Really? Damn. Okay. I mean, yeah. that's the least they could do after. Yeah. They so, all that. I was three hundred and eighty percent disabled. Damn. Which basically is a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, um, and, and that was, that was one of the scariest things. Cause I didn't know what I was going to get, yeah. but you know, my hip problems caused my knee problems, which have, I have feet problems, foot problems as well. So, I mean, it all ties into one another, but you definitely like, if you're sick, go to medical, get it documented, hearing documented, document everything that every ailment you have. Don't don't try to be strong, because it'll help you when you retire. Oh, I agree, man. I mean, you know, go to spring break one year, you know, <laughs> come back, something feels alive. Like. Go come to medical. Alive. Don't yeah. go to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, go. To, yeah. Okay, so. Okay, so those uh, you talked about some stuff that you're uh, as far as getting you prepped on the way out the door while you're mm -hmm. still wearing the uniform, right? So. Yeah. You got your, uh, you have your LinkedIn. Taps is giving you some options of stuff to look at. Your medical's taken care of, right? Uh -huh. Now, what do you, what do you start doing as far as transitioning to your next career, and how did that, and and what what are some of the steps? So, um, on my LinkedIn profile, I started friending people, and I would put, so not I wouldn't put St. Louis, I would. I wouldn't put Troy, Illinois. I put the St. Louis metro area. So it widened my range of people searching for me. Um, and then people started calling. You know, I put my monster, monster resume out there. There's a couple of other profiles that I started. Um, about a week prior to um, my retirement ceremony, I had a job lined wow. up so um i had my 60 days of what's it called convalescent. convalescent i was already at my job so i retired on a friday had my retirement ceremony and like the following monday i went to work as a civilian nice how'd that feel 
How'd that feel the first day? I, I was so stressed out about even getting a job. I was like, I down, down, doubted myself. And I was like, you know, positive thoughts, vibes, you know, please send them my way. Um, going into work was great. I mean, I, I like it. I like to have a job. I've been working since I, I was 15. So I don't know anything else being a stay at home mom. Yeah, I can't, I can't do gotcha. more than two weeks. Gotcha. So, um, granted this job right here is not what I want to do. It's administration. I'm an executive assistant to the deputy director of equal opportunity. Okay. Nice. So I manage his calendar. I get paid a lot because I'm a contractor. Yeah, you know, yeah. No one no one tells you this. Like I'm like stressing that I'm gonna be holding a sign on the side of the road. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know how me and Chanel are. We go way to the left. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, I have my retirement, I have my disability. And then I have my job, which is so, way more than what I was getting in the military. And no one says that to you. Right. And so, and that's one of the things, um, that's one of the things that's tough about the military. I don't say tough. That's one of the things that, at least from my perspective, that's uh, unique to the military. Uh, I can tell you that during my first eight years uh, in the Air Force working on the flight line, Working on the flight line, and for those of you who have worked on there, you'll be able to relate to this. The culture on the flight line is that if you don't work on the flight line, you're a piece of shit. And that the only thing that exists in the military is the flight line, right? And so they yes. make it and so they make it to where and, and and maybe this is just perception, right? Maybe this is just me falling for the uh, you no, know, for the my husband right is a maintainer. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Eric is. This conversation. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Eric conversation. is. Like, yeah. I'm like, it, you it, don't fly without us. And he's yeah. like, we, yes, we do. Well, yeah, well, it, it's, it, and it's, uh, it, it, yeah, and I remember thinking, like, I remember my, it wasn't until I cross-trained that I had a bigger, uh, 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 I opened up my lens and I had a bigger, uh, uh, a different perspective on not so much what the other AFSDs in the Air Force bring to the mission, but just the fact they fucking exist, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I, I and of course, um, uh, I get it. We want to. Uh, we want retention numbers to be high. We don't want log planners to want to cross train. We don't want people. We don't want people to go right. But we. But we should. At some point, and and I, and I think they're doing a good job. I, I would assume because I've never been. I would assume they're doing a good job with taps. We do need to, especially, probably that fifteen-year point in somebody's career, at the mm -hmm. latest, start preparing them to for for life after the military. Man, I mean, um, yeah, you know, I I've uh, 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 I mean, I'm fortunate to have a job. I mean, um, financially, I, I do uh, we do okay. You know, do I pay a lot of child support for my son? Yeah. Do I hate it? Yes. If I had to do it again, would I have not had him? Of course. Um, no, I'm messing. Oh but, uh, my God, God! No, I'm messing. I'm messing. Um, <laughs> but no, but uh, but but I know I've met people who, um, 
I mean, it, it, the military is the end-all, be-all, and um, I get it. I love wearing the uniform. You said you loved wearing the uniform. You wished you could have done 30, but, uh, but I, uh, and maybe this is a little cynical, but I, I've always, always felt that this is a business, man. And, and when you stop making, pro when you stop making the CEO money, they're going to get rid of you, right? Yeah. And so... Um, so we do, I mean, we, uh, it's huge. It's huge. So, okay. So you're, um, you retire, you have your contracting job. What are some of the things that you wish you had known prior to, to, to retiring that would have helped you? I don't know that, that is, a, that is a tough question. You know, um, I wish the, because I work with all retirees, you know, and everyone's like, it'll be okay. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, no, it's not. I felt like I was go late, getting laid out to pasture. I was going to die, you know, <laughs> like. So, um, so, I mean, you, the position that you were in at the scout, you're right. I mean, I, shit, if I remember, and you're in the office you worked in and with your bosses, I think you were only active duty. You were the only active duty member there. All of them are retirees. And yep, so, yes, everyone, everyone's so you, a retiree. So you got, um, I mean, for lack of a term, you got lucky in that position, right? Um, yeah. To be able to have those people to help uh, uh, mentor you. Um, so, okay. In addition to the LinkedIn, what are the, some of the things that, that you've learned throughout your last two years that you're, that help that have put you in a better position to get hired or, or to be seen for, you know, by employers, financial employers. So what I would do if I were you or anyone is start your resume. Start putting down on a piece of paper what you do at each location. Because I have, I have a one-page resume and I have a four-page resume. And I've sent them to you. But it goes all the way back. Like um, when I was at TAPS, the lady said, even if you were flipping burgers, put it on there, you know, prior to the military while you were in high school, just so that people can see your experience, your whole experience, not just you in the military. Um, yeah. And that took me about two or three weeks to put together. But what what helped me out is just staying positive something will come um just last week i had another call and they were offering me a gs position at and at, at nga nice but that's not where i want to be i want to be around military folks and helping the military out i mean yes that is a part of the government but that's that's not what i want to do Oh, you froze. Okay. So have you given, yeah, my internet's a little tricky. So have you given any thought to uh, coming back as a, as a GS and to any kind of readiness, logistics plans? Um, yes. So USA jobs, it's still that one, 180 days is still in effect and COVID has pushed it back a little bit. Um, but at one point in time on USA Jobs, I applied for over 35 jobs. 
I've had like four or five interviews. So they tell you at TAPS for every 20 jobs you apply for, you probably would get referred for two or three. So it's all, it's all how you present yourself. Practice um, doing uh, interviews. I mean, um, that, that's a big thing. Um, I am applying for uh, readiness jobs as, as we speak. Um, I have, I've been selected on USA Jobs for a position. So I'm just waiting for um, the approval to go through. So since I was selected prior to my 180 gotcha. days, there's a waiver so that goes with it. Could you, could you ever see yourself being a civilian IDO? Yes. I like it. Nice. Yeah. Can you can you see me as an IDO? <laughs> yeah, I, I I can I can I would say just from from having known you, I would say yes from how you carry yourself, your communication, um, your personality, and and of course your knowledge. I, I definitely could see you being an IDO. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, I don't. Um, I sew on later this year, so I. As oh man, you're pausing. So Hold on, what did you say? About it too. Um, how long do I want to stay in? Oh, hold on, for, hold on for a second. Let me um, let me fix my internet real quick. Okay. Right. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay, can you hear me better now? Yes, stay in 30, Gonzo. Why not? You're healthy. No, look, man. Look, okay. So before I go back, so here's, um, I'm what, 38? Look, I, I came in when I was 21. I wish I came in when I was 18. So I came in when I was 21. I got to stay in from the day, I think it's from the, from the day you sew on, you got to stay in three years in order to retire in that rank, right? Yeah. I already got to stay in to 21 years. Mm -hmm. To retire as a senior master sergeant, right? Um, I'm willing, as of today, I'm willing to do 24 years. That'll give me three looks at chief. I think after three looks at chief, I'll know whether or not I'm going to make chief, right? Yeah. I, I don't want to be. Know. Yeah, I don't want to fucking be 45 years old still trying to take the Air Force PT test, man. Right? I don't want to do that bullshit. I just, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, so, <laughs> you'd have you know to do saying? two push-ups. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um, yeah. So, but, um, but no, I, as, um, I, but, but I have, I've been thinking about what, what do I want to do after, uh, the military? Uh, it, it may sound kind of stupid or maybe not stupid. It may sound kind of underwhelming. I don't know if that's a word, but I would love nothing more than, uh, to, uh, I have my bachelor's to, to finish my master's and, uh, in education. Right. And then just move back to San Antonio and be a teacher uh, slash sports coach at the middle school that I went to when I was uh, when I was a kid. Um, I will say that being at that middle school, the coaches that were there, who also happened to be like, it was the coach slash history history teacher or some some yep. bullshit, right? 
but they played a lot a huge role in who I ended up being as a man today and so I would um, I love the military and I love what we do but I've always felt like I, I, I haven't given back to the community I haven't given back to the to the young Hispanic kids in San Antonio or to do anything like that so um, I would do that man I, I would take a retirement paycheck as a e whatever um, and then some disability in there from all my TDYs and, and whatnot yeah. and then uh, um, and then just you know to be able to, to go sit there and teach but who knows I mean I say I say that now um, for all I know here in six years my ass could end up as the IDO or assistant IDO at some base and then um, you're going to see my salty ass on the log plants Facebook page talking shit about why 403 or 401 hasn't been updated and all this other shit. So, uh, yeah, why hasn't it been updated? Look, I'm man, I don't know. So, <laughs> but uh, um, no, it, it's a, uh, yeah. It, it, so it's my fun. No. friend, he retired, right? He did that six months. You, ha They have this program where you can do it, be an intern for six months and not get paid. Okay. Your, your last six months of the military. So you're still active duty. You go and do an internship. At the end of the six months, they can offer you a job or not. Okay, hold on. What? What's? I, I've never heard of it. What's this? Is there like a, a, a term? There is, or? A, there is a name for it, and I forgot the name, but um, I can post it on the log page. So my friend did it, right? But your commander has to approve it. Okay, so it's it's your last six months in the military where yes. you do it like an intern position, but you don't get paid for that job. You still get your your military. You get your your yes. So at the end of the six months, they can hire you, or you just transition to a civilian. Nice. Yeah. If you could if you could send it, um, we'll definitely definitely post it on the page. But what I want to start doing uh, for the shows is like especially stuff you're talking about, include it like in the show notes. Right? Oh, okay. Like like, like stuff. Um, oh, that's I'll just message okay. you that. I'll message yeah. you. So he, he went back to Texas um, and he became a teacher. Okay. And then he realized how much teachers make. Yeah. And now he's back in Massachusetts um, at working as a contractor, nice. as an admin. Oh, yes, that's the whole thing about yeah, the whole money piece. Yeah. So teachers so, don't get paid. No. <laughs> My son's mom's a, a teacher. I know that. So you yeah, can get paid with hugs, <laughs> high fives. No, as long as I could, as long as I could, I could call the kids derogatory names, I'd be happy. Um, oh, no, God. so so yeah, no, I, I do. I need to start thinking about that because, um, oh, damn, it goes by so quick, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it does, and it's like you look back and because I remember when me and Eric first got married, and I'm like just wait i'm almost like halfway to my halfway point of the military and we're already here like he has five years left and he's retiring okay so yeah so let's talk about uh, a little bit about your family if that's okay with you yeah that's fine so I'm an open so book. uh yeah so so you're very much a um uh probably the most yes 100 you're the most uh you, I've never seen somebody who's as proud of their entire family, their husband and their two sons as, as you, um, from, from being around you, being friends with you for, for years now. And then, um, uh, on your social media. So your husband, Eric, right. Is, uh, um, 
he's a, a he's a youngin, right? You definitely stole him out of the. He's out two of the years house. younger than me. He's not that young, yeah. even though he says he's super young. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so is Eric? He's a master, right? He is. He was a young master. A young master. Okay, and he's uh, is he avionics or E and E? No, uh, he's avionics. So he works at the AOC here at Scott Air Force Base. So he runs one of the shifts. Super intelligent, super smart. Um, totally does not act like a maintainer when he's at home. <laughs> yeah, Eric never came off as like a uh, a maintainer. Uh, Eric is a Southern boy. He is an LSU fan. Woohoo! I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so your husband's a, a, a very good man. Um, hung around, played golf. Very good golfer. Uh, funny guy. Um, I still remember us doing the, uh, uh, some stupid bench press challenge. Oh my God. Many, after too in many Germany? drinks over there. Yeah. After too many drinks in, in Germany, me, <laughs> me, Chanel, uh, Chanel's husband and your husband, um, getting good times. Fun. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but also uh, what I, what I do want to hear you talk about is your two sons, right? So, uh, of course, start with Seth. Um, okay. uh, your, uh, your son, Seth is, uh, uh, what you talk about. So, so Seth, he was, he was born in 03, you know, he, he, from the get go, he was my best friend. Cause like, he was the only, only person I had around. So he started talking and walking and being a little young adult at a very young age. I could take Seth at three years old and take him to a fancy restaurant and he would just sit there with me. Like he has manners like no other. He, he's super smart. He's wise beyond his years. Um, so he's traveled. We, we, he's moved around and his sports have, have taken the back seat because he has to always start overs again and overs. So he's huge into football. His dad's six, seven, over 200 pounds. Um, Seth is now 17. He's six, two and a half, 215 pounds. Um, he's the starting quarterback um, at Dismet, which is a private school on the other side of Illinois. So being a military child moving from base to base, you have to start overs. And we couldn't find, we couldn't find a house in Muscoota or O'Fallon around Scott Air Force Base. So we had to travel further out. Um, as a freshman sitting at his first game, someone comes up to me and says, you know, we don't throw the football. And I'm like, who are you? He knew who I was. I didn't know who he was. Um, so we found out really quick that they were not a football school. Um, as a freshman, Seth was taking the quarterback's position in a small country town, and people were not having it. Um, so we joined seven on seven across in the Missouri side. And um, we had coaches from private schools starting to call us for Seth. Um, we had to sit out last year because we transferred and the Misha rules wouldn't allow him to play. So his junior year, he is um, the starting quarterback 
and he has a 3.9 grade point average. So we're, we're looking, he's looking at D1. So hopefully we have a football season this year. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so junior, okay, so he still, I mean, depending on how this year goes, still got one more year. Right? He'll have one more be. year. We held, so, both, uh, we held both Braylon and Seth back uh, when we moved from Germany to the United States. So, um, so where does Seth want to go? I mean, and don't say fucking LSU, but where well, does <laughs> Louisiana Tech? He's mentioned okay. San Antonio, UTSA Roadrunner, and I was like, heck no. What? You don't want him to go to UTSA? So UTSA doesn't have a bad football program. I mean, it's well, that's new. What he, that's what he's trying to sell me, but you know my family. Yeah, no, bro, go over there, drink Big Red, and throw touchdowns, man. Um, uh, that, no, that's cool. And so, I and I and I've met both your boys, and I and I've known them since they were younger. Um, they are, they're young adults, right? And so that's pretty cool. Uh, I I think it's uh, it's admirable that you and Eric, um, go out of your way, to to say, hey, we want to live in a place in a school district, right, or near a school that's going to benefit our children not just make it an easy commute to work, right? Yes. Um, yeah, so that, no, that's that's huge. And so, okay, so yeah, so I, I've known Seth, but you're young and now, I, I remember, you, I, I've seen him on Facebook and you guys sending messages. So is he playing quarterback as well? Because the last video he highlight is. I saw was like him playing like a, a some kind of defensive end. Okay, so no, he, he is the quarterback. Um, so we made the dif difficult decision um, to transition him across to the river. So no one in the town knows, everyone's gonna be upset um, because Braylon was their quarterback. I mean, we, um, so Braylon will be playing Las Foos uh, across the river. How old's Braylon now? He is 11. Jesus Christ. He and has so, the biggest heart, he's almost as tall as me, but that's so, not saying much. <laughs> so. So here's okay. So for those of you who don't know, and for those not watching the video, so Veronica is Mexican, right? And not only is she Mexican, she's Mexican as shit, right? So Veronica is straight Mexican from, from, from Southwest Side, or no, where's because you went to Harlandale, right? No, Highlands. Highlands. Oh, even worse. East side. Yes, South off of. Side. Is that off of like? So my mom lives over by Highlands, off of Goliad and Hotwells. It's Go Goliad, yes. Goliad, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, look, there are only Mexicans over there. That's hey, it. no, we we had we had a mix. We had like ten. What a mix! A mix of ten what? Caucasians dark? and then like you know. maybe fifteen African Americans. So that's a lie. What she had was darker Mexicans is what she really had over there. We and were so, all Mexican. <laughs> we were. So, so yeah, Veronica is, 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 is Mexican as shit, but Eric couldn't be any more Caucasian from Louisiana. Right. But if you could not tell at all that, that Braylon or Seth are, are, are half Caucasian, you could not tell. I mean, they are both. Yeah. <laughs> Veronica, are you serious? Are you me and my boys had the conversation last week. I was like, oh my God, Seth, like Seth's going to the mall. He's going to get punched. And Braylon was like, mom, he looks Mexican. I was like, oh, are you sure? And he's like, yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Both your kids look so Mexican. 
they're so they're so tan both of them um but no that, that that's pretty awesome i'm glad you've been yeah, able to um come say hi to gonzo hello hello how's it going good yeah what's he just got back from baseball or what yeah he, he's in baseball he's a beast you want to say hi we're on podcast oh hello. hey how's it going man how hey how's that uh how's that short game going is it come on over what? he'll show you yo why does your dog have a diaper on <laughs> she's having some problems right now <laughs> oh jesus christ jesus christ um but no no that's awesome veronica i yeah i mean it's uh just as we're sitting here you know uh, discuss, talking about stuff it's crazy how how quick time goes by man i mean i remember th uh and we, I mean, we talk about it when we chat on our Facebook page or our little Facebook group with Chanel and, uh, and Looney is, uh, man, how, what we wouldn't give to go back to like times at Dias when we had no responsibility, when we just came into work and it was just like somebody telling us what to do. And it's like, cool, I'll do whatever you need me to do. And then I go home and then it's like, yeah, See, you have I've always felt pressure on me. Maybe it's the pressure I put on myself. But remember, like I would have to cut orders for 300 people by myself. Yeah. And I had to make sure all 300 people were medically cleared. And of course I didn't want to get a discrepancy. Who does that? Yeah. Like yeah. we we were pretty badass. Like zero discrepancies. A, like it was no, the Dias team was a good team. I mean, you talked about um, your 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 first log plans base over there at um, at Little Rock. I remember being over there at Dias for my cross, my first uh, base, and it being nothing but a, I, I mean, two brand new cross train, brand new two uh, G cross train tech sergeants, and like three or four staff sergeants. I mean, we were all fucking new, and so we all learned together. Thank, thank God, we had Daryl there, right? Yes. Daryl, um, Millard, uh, mm -hmm. Coffee. Um, I can't Man. remember the, the, the female from uh, Alaska, the lieutenant. Um, oh, I have her as a friend on I Facebook. Do. I do. She, she's on Facebook too. Um, and Tara something. Tara, yes. Horton. Horton. Like yes, it is Horton. Yes, yes, it is Horton. It is, yeah, yeah, Tara. Um, You're good. Yeah, and, and of course, um, retired, your old retired boss, Becky Griffith, right? Oh, my so, God. She's a yeah. gem. Yeah, so so happy to her there. I mean, th th those are the uh, when I think back on it, and when whenever I do decide uh, to finally retire or um, or I get arrested or whatever it is, um, the that's what I'm gonna miss most, man. It's like God, th 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 those times were so good. I mean, um, yeah, it, it was. You it was you cool. will not. I will tell you this. Um, moving to a, a civilian in the civilian sector. Granted, I'm with. I work for the government you'll never have those connections it's not like that you know that sucks. and i am always on a fast pace get it done get it done mm -hmm. and it's not like that it's super slow and everyone's like oh you gotta calm down i'm like well what what's the next task you have for me i need to get it done yeah so they're like um so far i've created a database with everyone's training um recall rosters like i'm trying to like get everything done but yeah. i think i've done everything so far <laughs> yeah that's uh yeah that's oh crazy. records management i've done their record oh. 
Uh, I've done their records management since two, they haven't done it since 2008. Two weeks, I'm done. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, get on you for doing that. I, don't, I didn't even like doing that shit when I was at Dias. Fuck yeah. I think Chanel did that bullshit. Well, then leave um, it off your resume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, okay, so so uh, we've been going on for almost an hour and a half, and I, I do want to wrap it up here. But before, um, I've heard that when it comes, especially to USA Jobs, that as you're going and you're applying for these jobs, you want to kind of update your resume to have those key phrases. The key words and key phrases, yes. Always okay. do that. Um, because then they run it through a gonculator and, and that's what gets pushed to the hiring managers. Okay. So, uh, so are you saying that before a human being even sees it, it goes through some sort of system that's going to look to see if those yes. keywords on the position description match your, your resume. Yes. And okay. do not put it in a PDF file and white out those keywords at the bottom that does not work anymore. So you you literally have to have like your okay I guess to to make it nerdy log plans you need to have your standard freaking UTC uh, you know resume and then yes. your planning that you adjust to every single job. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, yes. So um one thing that uh, my fiance Megan did is when when we moved over here is she hired somebody on LinkedIn um, to to review her resume because she had been at the same company for 10 years okay so if you're gonna do that um taps told me that for military it's a waste of money okay. because they're writing your resume and people are reading it and so when you're interviewing it is their words not your words gotcha okay so what i did is i went to the airman family readiness center and sat down with someone and went through my resume and that helped tremendously nice okay you know and if anyone needs my resume i'm throwing it out there i i can give you a copy of my resume okay so that's perfect so if somebody wanted to be able to get a hold of you how do they get a hold of you facebook facebook okay yeah i'm right. pretty cool. uh, vocal on the logs plans page Good you stuff. see me every once in a while yeah 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 <laughs> Um, do you have an email that you'd be willing to share? Uh, yeah. Um, so it's Veronica, V-E-R-O-N-I-C-A dot Henderson. So that's S-O-N, uh, the number one at yahoo.com. Awesome. No, hey, Veronica, thank you so much for this. Um, yeah, cool. Of course, you know, it's good to talk to you and to catch up. I know we definitely want to do a podcast episode in the future with both uh, you, Looney, and Thacker on there. If we can get Chanel on there, because I don't know about you, it seems like Chanel thinks she's too fucking good to be no, on the podcast. No, it's not that. She doesn't like talking, she said. No, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Oh, because, and so and so, <laughs> what, what, what we need is we would need an episode to where you and Chanel talk about all the tips and tricks when it comes into finding people's information in DCAPES and being able to see Who's married? Who's not married? Who's been divorced? Who's been? I'm so over. I can do that for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is uh, that. That's yeah, a second source of income right there. Okay. Well, tell me. You see someone's resume. You see their name, right? And then you just look on Facebook and see, hey, let me check what that person's about. It's just yeah. natural. 
No, you know? we do. I mean, even when you have somebody that's coming in to replace, um, or you know, if somebody's replacing you, or whether or not you have somebody PCS in, in the yeah, unit. you Yo, want to see what they're about. Okay, hey, calm down, flexing back there. Look at him. Oh, uh, uh, sorry, my belt around. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Look at him. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, man. So, okay, uh, two more minutes and we'll get off here. So, okay. oh, is this mi uh, mini yeah, schnauzer? Yeah. Yep. Okay. We got the yeah, whole family here. <laughs> yeah. So we have our. Um, so Megan just flew home uh, this past holiday weekend over there to uh, to Iowa, and she took our youngest puppy over there, five months, and mm -hmm. so he flew. And so I just actually booked our tickets earlier today. We're flying back to Texas first week in um, in August. Uh huh. And so okay, we were talking about the way. Okay, so for those of you who who don't know, I know I talk a lot about online dating. And whatnot, and, and going TDY, but um, I, I will say I will admit on the, on, on this episode out? that that um, what's up? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, sorry. You froze. Um, oh, sorry. So, um, so yeah, I will admit on this uh, on on this episode that I am engaged now officially. I have my ring right here. Um, it's a uh, um, it's time for the old lion. I got too many scars, too many trips ten, to ten, ten times a charm. That's right. Yeah. Um, uh, too, too many trips over to public health to get a penicillin shot. It's time for me to settle down. But, um, but anyways, so, um, so I'm flying back home to take Gabe, my son, uh, for those of you who don't know, my, my son's name's Gabe. Uh, we're flying back to San Antonio. I'll take him back to his mom's. So I'll, I'll be in San Antonio first week in August. So I'm looking forward to Taco Cabana. You're so Mexican. Big red. Yeah. So Mexican. Big red. And, uh, but we're also, that's where we're going to get married. So, oh, the, uh, you decided. Little, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we booked the, um, we booked the place. It's going to be a vineyard. So it's literally like a mile from, uh, Natural Bridge Caverns right there. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. And it's like right down the street from my parents' house. And so we're going to go over there. We already booked it. We did a virtual, like a, a FaceTime tour with the, uh, -huh. uh with the folks there. And, uh, we put the deposit down. And so, I'm gonna fly over there with Gabe. We're gonna spend about a week with my parents and my, or his grandparents uh -huh. um, before he goes back to Abilene. And then Megan and I, um, she's gonna fly down towards the end of the trip, um, and we're gonna do uh, we're gonna go visit with the the vineyard and the flower, and then all those other folks, um, the chef and whatnot. Um, so yeah, so we'll be getting married in April. I'm gonna say April 9th. Um, hopefully, it's not too fucking hot over there. But um, but yeah, I'm excited, man. Um, we're also looking at uh, all her family and friends are gonna are in Iowa, Nebraska, mm -hmm. and so they're gonna be flying down for the wedding. And um, well, basically her family, we're leaving family. But um, um, well, we're thinking about doing this renting like a big Airbnb right there mm -hmm. on Canyon Lake or on the uh, Comal in the Braunfels. That's what oh, we're thinking about. Oh, to float the river, do the float. Yes, and okay. So I wanted to do the wedding the third week in April, which is during Fiesta. And Megan didn't want to fucking do it. I'm like, bro, we could have so done it during Fiesta in San Antonio, but you know, she wasn't happy. You could get those but paper still. mache flowers. They would have been cheaper. <laughs> so Mexican. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. It, okay. So she wants, so I was like, what do you want for food? She's like, I want Mexican food. She wanted like, like, a, um, uh, like Taco Cabana, like cater. I'm like, Megan, we're not going to fucking do that. That's some bullshit. Like, no, oh, she's like, oh. awesome. 
it is awesome. I'm not. I think we're the only two Mexicans that like Taco Cabana. No, I love Taco Cabana. I love. No, it. So, you and I like. Yeah, I know. My sisters like. There's way better Mexican food in. San no, there is no, there is way better Mexican food in San Antonio. But I mean, when it comes to like a fast food Mexican spot, yes. I mean, it don't get much better than that. Well, um, and they do so, to go margaritas now. Do Watch they really? out! Yes. Okay. So my mom. So my mom. My mom. Uh, she goes to like the. Uh, is it Thursdays? margarita like tuesdays or thursdays some bullshit she goes to that huh. and always sending me pictures but um but yeah so anyway so yeah so getting married <sighs> this is gonna be the last time i think i it's can't so do it again exciting. i know i can't do it again i i can't be 40 on tinder anymore i mean i can i mean well if you are invite us so we can meet because we've well, met your we've met your tinder people yeah you guys couple. have you guys had Eric. Don't fucking laugh. Don't smile back there, Eric. Don't. <laughs> we're yeah, here no. for you. We're here for you, bro. <laughs> no, I mean, so yeah, so this will be the. Um, no, th- th- this will be good. I mean, Megan's a. Uh, uh, so Megan's an awesome girl. She's an engineer. So she's an. In- uh, so this is one of the things that that I both I loved about being with Megan, or I do love about being with Megan, but it frustrates me about the military. So Megan's an engineer, but she's an industrial engineer. And she specializes in um, what used to be known as AFSO 21 in the Air Force. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like the lean thinking, the Sigma 6. Yeah. So she got, uh, when she was working for uh, an engineering company in Omaha, which is where we met. And then when we moved over here, she got hired on by the uh, United States Postal Service to uh, work as an engineer for the USPS at one of their headquarter plants, right? And so when she got hired on, they have, they call them like cohorts. So they'll bring all of the hirees from all of the different USPS headquarters all around the United States. And then for two years, once a quarter, they bring them in and they bring them in TDY for a week. They send them to a centralized place. They don't have a rental car. They get all, you know, they get partial per diem just like we do for military, like being a tech school, right? Yeah. And that first year they work towards their green belt certification and then the second year they work towards their black belt certification oh, so wow. they so they have all this shit it's been a, thrown into a, a whack for the for the second part of her certification right because of covid but when she goes tdy each one of them gets the skills they need in order to do a green belt level project and then they have to push it through their plant the equivalent of like uh, the wing commander right at their plants and push it and then it gets i guess uh you know signed off by their plant manager saying yes this is a certified green belt project and then she gets her green belt and so they had this standardized training program um throughout their careers you know for the usps and it's like fuck man they're doing that shit in the civilian sector we can't even figure out how to train a proper seven level right it's just it's frustrating but uh but anyways yeah no megan's awesome She's a uh, uh, Megan's very opinionated. She's very uh, feminist, right? And so uh, she she's always on my ass. Doesn't let me get away with shit. Good. But, um, That's what you need. No, I don't need that. I need <laughs> I need like two eighteen year old wives or something. I don't know. Is she listening to you? She's not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she's not. <laughs> hey babe, what's that program? The last six months where you transition to a job. And you do like um, the internship. The internship. What's it called? 
Okay. Uh, it's gotta be approved by your commander. Yeah, it's, we told we told him that already. Uh, I forget the name of it. Derek up for uh, for E eight this past cycle. You come close. Okay, nice. Good um, stuff. First time okay. All right. Well, keep working on those biceps, Eric. You're getting there, man. Um, <laughs> Lucian. No, Lucian's a little bigger. He's a little bigger. I'm just saying. Oh, God. Don't say that. <laughs> don't worry about it. I'm so proud of Charlie. Oh, yeah. Pathways <laughs> program. What's it called? Path. P-A-T-H Ways W-A-Y-S program. This is an Air Force specific thing? Yes. Okay, awesome. I saved it. No, awesome, Veronica. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, of course, always great talking to you. Thank you for the always. information that you provided to our to our family. Um, just looking at the calendar, we pro um, we will probably push this episode out last week in July. So, I probably um, won't watch it because I don't like looking at myself. No, it, no, it's good. It's good. We we've been uh, Bracy and I both have been getting really good feedback about this. Again, man, um, the reason we started doing this podcast is just to give people a voice, just to give so people can can um, meet, relate to, and get to know the people behind the uniform behind the rank right so it's been fun of course it's always uh nice when you get to do somebody um or interview with somebody that you know but hey um final thoughts uh take us out yes yes so um chief downey always told me you're always your biggest advocate so with my medical issues if i didn't push it no one would have and i would have just probably got phased out with the rest of the folks with medical. So you're always your biggest advocate in, in anything really. So that's it. All right. Hey, Veronica, well, thank you so much. Everybody take care and have a great night. Thank you, Veronica. Bye, Gonzo. Bye.